The Torah content for this week has been sponsored by Judah and Naomi Dardik in honor of Rabbi Moskowitz's second yard site and in appreciation for all those whose love of Torah and excitement for ideas shines in their teaching. Okay, so this shear is going to be a slightly different style than what we usually do. Usually, as you know, the shearim uh, well, is going in different two ways. One is usually in my shearim, we work through the area together. Also, usually I go through all the sources. This year I envisioned, so Yeshua, this is dedicated to Yeshua and Brooke because Yeshua and I prepared this for the last like weeks. So this is, I want to summarize to you our findings on Shavu Brachos. The title of this year is my current understanding of Shavu Brachos as of December, 2022. And the idea behind this year is I want to do it all in one shot and just get in one package deal. Like if you want Kavana during the Shavu Brachos at a wedding, this is, here are ideas that you can think of. Okay. So it's a kind of a mix of halacha and the meaning of the brachos. So obviously we can have discussion and analysis, but we're not going to learn through the primary sources. And I'm not even going to quote the primary sources. I felt guilty about doing that at first, but then I realized that the only, um, sorry, I realized that one of the Purushim I'm using is the Otsar Tfilos. And what he does is he's a digest style commentary. So he takes a bunch of Rishonim and he usually doesn't quote who he's saying it from. So I'm basically just copying him. Okay. And most of the ideas that we learned are from the Arachoshulchan, the Abu Dhiram, and the Eitz Yosef, uh, with some other stuff thrown in here. Okay. Uh, but again, interrupt you if, if you have any questions. The, the idea is like practical kavana for these brachos. Okay. All right. So first one is actually not one of the Shavu brachos, but I thought we should at least touch on it, is the Birkas Erosin. Okay. And this is said at Erosin. Okay. The hard part also here is I'm presupposing a lot of knowledge about like what the like stages, you know, how marriage works or whatever. So just ask if you have any questions, but we're not going to delve into the halakha. So there's two stages. There's Erisin and Nisuin. Okay. Erisin, what's the difference between Erisin and Nisuin? One is the betrothal and the other is the actual kuppah. Okay. So what's the halakha difference? Uh, right. So Erisin makes the woman usher to all to all men, okay, including the guy who did Erisin to her. And then Kedushin, uh, or sorry, and then Nisuin is, uh, is Matir. Uh, her to him. Okay. So, and that's the order. And the way you can, my mnemonic device is you talk about the ensuing Nisuin, right? Like the, the you know, the Nisuin that comes after that's how you remember which one's first. And Kidushin and Erison are, this, are synon, uh, synonymous. Okay. So the bracha is, and I'm going to re- read this and translate it. You tell me what's weird about the bracha. So, you are the source of blessing. Who sanctified us with his commandments. And commanded us regarding the Arayos. Okay, now I've asked this question to uh, just a second. I've asked this question to to a lot of people. No one has gotten the right answer to this question. Okay, the question is, what is the definition of arayos? Women who are always also isn't that like that's close, but it's not actually it. Isn't that like uh, like abominations? No, that's toeva. Yeah, all the uh, arayos are described as toeva, but that's not what the yeah. the the identity of the arayos is or the definition. Yeah, I don't think this is right, but it's. Uh, is it the is it the like sexual sins that you get carved? Ah, okay. That's that is that is the closest that we've gotten to it, and it might even be totally accurate. Uh, I'm just going to quote to you. I, I put this here in case I accidentally scrolled and revealed the answer. So, uh, so the Ramam says arayos are sexual prohibitions that are liable for kares, which are listed in Parshas Akharimos. The only thing I got to check is: are there other ones that are not in Akharimos, and do we call those arayos? And the reason why this is uh, the case, and your answer doesn't suffice, is because there are prohibitions. First of all, there are sexual prohibitions that are not five kares. Okay, there are other ones that are stemming from an ase. So, um, there are other ones that are. Um, are only us to So I think people descriptively use arayos for like all 
sexual prohibitions. And it's possible that the term evolved to be used that way. But in technical halakhic terms, according to the Ramam, it's the ones that are high of uh, cards. And that's, I'm bringing this up now because it's important for uh, understanding the bracha. Okay, I think. All right. So he prohibited to us the arayos. Sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry. I skipped the line. He prohibited betrothed women to us. And he permitted to us married women, women that you marry, not just like all married women. Okay, uh, listen to Mishle this year for that. Through Chupa and Kiddushin. You, Hashem, are the source of blessing. Who sanctifies Israel as people through Chupa and Kiddushin. So what strikes you as weird about this bracha? Because I'm weirded out every time I hear this bracha, yeah. Well, it's a bracha on a, like, lotase. Yes, that's the weirdest thing, right? It's a bracha on a lotase, okay? And I think there are other features that make it even weirder that like amplify the weirdness of that. That's the main weirdness, but what else is weird? Yeah, Sean. You don't really point out when something's lesser to you that like, that's a great thing. Yeah. Right. It is right. Yeah. Hetarian. Like we all love Hetarian, but like, it is a weird thing to make it into a bracha, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. By the way, fun fact, I forgot who said this, which is also why I'm kind of relieved. I'm not quoting the sources. Someone says that the reason why we add in the words idea of the Kiddushin is to um, uh, is to make it clear to people that the bracha is not matir, the woman to you. Because if you just, if you imagine if it says, if you made a bracha, people feel like brachos, you know, uh, effectuate things, right? Like, for example, I think it is weird. I think when you... When someone, when, when the, 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 when he says, Hare there are people who are inclined to like say, Amen, like as if it's some sort of bracha, or there are other things where like, um, uh, let's say like, uh, what are some, I feel like there are other things we do that are verbalizations that are not brachos. And then, you know, like, I don't know, like, uh, yes, they do act as, uh, that's probably why people think that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right. So that's why uh, the, it was added in Ali which I don't think all the new scholars have. Yeah. I feel like the line of Asa Lano Asa Arusas is just kind of strange. Okay, it's why? It's out of place, but like, it's just, that's, seems like so like secondary to like the other Arias. Like, right. It's like, it's like, oh, it's also just like a very specific. It is very specific. Now, just keep in mind one thing also, this bracha is made when you do Arusin. Now, we are accustomed to making this at the chuppah. But it used to be that they would do Arisin, yeah, like the way that we do like engagements, right? Like you would do Arisin, and then like a long time later, there would be the, the chuppah. Yeah, Yago? Uh, why is he even talking about Arias? Yes, that's the question. All right, well, what's the... Uh... Okay, right. So that, that that's, okay, good. You, you picked up on the clue here, maybe, is that the uh, Arias are the sexual prohibitions that are liable for Karis. The woman who you're marrying is not shy to Arias, because if she were, you can't marry her, right? So we're talking Arias, like incest, you know, and like, you know, like all the, you know, all the 30, whatever, six, you know, Arias, you know, or actually they're not 36 Arias, but in other words, the woman you're marrying is not even in the part of Arias. Okay. So that's also weird. Yeah. So basic understanding of this, just again, goal is to get the basic understanding here is, um, oh, sorry. The other thing also is that you start saying the bracha and you think you're going to be saying a birkasa mitzvah, right? And then you end up saying the losase. That's the other thing that amplifies the weirdness. Um, so I, and I can't remember where we saw this, but that our understanding we arrived at is this is not a birkas mitzvah. Okay. It is a birkas shevach about a class of mitzvos. And the class of mitzvos is kedusha. Okay. Kedusha is Israel right now. Let's just go over a basic idea of what is kedusha. Designation. 
So, okay, so the, the literal translation of Kedusha is separation, right? But when we talk about Kedusha in the context of Asher Kedushan B'mitzvah or we talk about the mitzvahs of Kedusha, then it's separation that has a specific connotation. It's a separation with a designation to a specific purpose. Okay, that is, that, that, that is true. Say again? It does. It is expressed through standards. That's true. Sanctification is the common. That's the yeah. So that's the common. One. The only reason I don't like the word sanctification is it has woo vibes. You know, <laughs> like like it has. You know, I, someone told I didn't look this up, but someone told me that like if you look up, um, if you look up in like in like the Oxford English Dictionary or something, not the Oxford English Dictionary. You look up the dictionaries that try to trace the roots way back. You it'll say like you know uh, holy. Sorry, kadosh means holy, and then holy comes from like it. Like it ends up with a self-referential thing where people end up with this feeling that there's like holiness, and they never actually define it, you know. So, and you know, the and sanctity comes from sacred, but similar similar problems. So it's not wrong. It just it doesn't like deliver the idea the way I would like. Yeah, Tamar. I feel like there's like a specifically non-physical connotation sometimes. Ah, I don't know if anyone said that yet. Where does non-physical connotation come from? We God. God. Yeah, we all call, we call God Kadosh. Not only that, but the Parsha of Kedoshim Tihu, which Kedoshim, arguably. Like, yeah, yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. So uh, arguably, the Parsha that's most about uh, Kedusha is Parsha's Kedoshim, which is in Vayikra 19. And it starts off at You should be Kadosh because I Hashem, uh, your God, and Kadosh. And I think it ends off um, uh, that um, uh, I forgot where that part. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, there's several like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so it is compared to Hashem. And that's what tomorrow I think is getting at with the non physical thing. Yeah, Isaiah. Can you, I mean, I think in this, in this area that Kedusha is like restriction. Okay. You know, like we're restricted from things. Yeah. So um, the way Rashi famously explains Kedoshim to you is in Vayikra 18 is the end of Parshas Ahremos. And it goes through all the prohibited uh, Arayos. And then you get Kedoshim and Rashi says, um, Kedoshim to you. This means be separate yourselves from Arayos and from Averos, because anytime you find a fence or standard of uh, of Erva, that's where you'll find Kedusha. Okay, one more clue though. Just I mean, these are all true ideas, but one more clue just before I state a succinct uh, inter- uh, interpretation. What does the Ramam have in Sefer Kedusha? And, uh, yeah, exactly right so in Sefer Kedusha which is again good place to look if you want the theme of Kedusha is two categories of mitzvahs Isuri Bia which is sexual prohibitions and Malchalas Asuros which is uh, eating prohibitions uh, and then Shkid is part of, uh, of pro- uh, uh, eating prohibitions so my like working definition of Kedusha okay is it's yeah I mean I think specifically Uh, sanctified with uh, transcendence of physicality. Okay, because transcend means separate but above. You transcend something. So exactly. So the the the, the whole thing is that the two basic uh, pleasure drives in a person. Uh, listen to Rebbe's um, uh, Kedoshim Tiyu or Nida and Kashrus 
Anyone know what you know what number that is? No, I know it's on the fundamentals. Yeah, I feel like it's D five or something like that. I don't know. It's D five also. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's definitely in the in the single digits. I think. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. So listen to that. That's that's really got a good cheer on it. Um, but uh, the two primary drives in man are the sexual and the appetitive. Okay. Um, there are other drives and the other pleasures, but those are the two like main ones. Yeah. It's not even like it's a lot of dafka to men, right? It's just, it's dafka to being a physical. Ah, well, so so here here's the here here's my conception of it, which is um, that uh, it's so God is kadosh because He's not physical at all and not affected by physicality at all. Obviously, we can't be that kind of kadosh because we're not malachim, right? We are physical. So for us, kadusha means to transcend the physical, or if you want to put it in a bumper sticker mode, mind over matter, right? That your mind should be governing your matter and not the other way around. And the primary way we do that. Is through uh, is through uh, regulating our desires in in the sexual and the appetitive, but also the way we do it is through all mitzvos. That's why we say asher kiddushan of Mitzvos make us kadosh uh, in general, which is some mitzvos work on separating you from from physical taivas. Other mitzvos work on strengthening your mind. Other mitzvos attack both uh, both areas. Yeah. Are you, is this still your definition for kedusha overall? Overall, overall, yeah. For for kedusha for human human kedusha. Whenever we talk about human beings being kedusha, tra- yeah, tra- uh, transcendent. Right, yeah. So I mean, sorry. Let me back up. Kedusha in general is transcending is that is that connected to transcending physicality. So for God, it's not being physical at all. For human beings, becoming kedusha is transcending our our physicality right. in, in terms of rising above the influence. So, so the question for yeah. you, when you designate uh, a, a, an animal for carbon, right. how are you defining right. that animal? So, it is, so that's a good question. In, your, in, your... in my definition, it's because it's designated for an institution of Kedusha, which is the Mikdash, so, which is an institution that serves that purpose. Or let's say like Moadim or Mikra'e Kodesh, there are times of year that we devote ourselves to Kedusha development. So would you also use transcending... Physicality with an animal? Uh, no, it, I would say that it is. It's, it is. Its usage is for the purpose of us transcending physicality. Yeah. Um. Not to get lost in what I'm hesitant to call weeds, but <laughs> like I feel like I feel, I feel lush like, forests. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like I feel like well, I, guess, I, I feel like God's kedusha has to be more than just not being physical because He's cut off even from non-physical beings that are right, so, right, right. So we well, like, that's just more of transcendence in general. That's true. Right, right. So, yeah, I guess that's why I kind of hesitated about when Ariel asked me if it's my idea in general. Definitely for human beings. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. To me, like umbrella term, like transcendence from things. Yeah. Like, right. Um, right. Like that sense. And then you can like divide that into like, whether it's physical, whether yeah, it's yeah. all things. Right. Why so are you, why aren't you like a huge kind of separation? Because separation, you could just separate like black and white, and it doesn't convey what this is for how does our idea of yeah kadusha is and for or here's not we have another term for separation that's not kadosh which is the al right lahavdil right is is havdalah which is just separation between two things right but this is separation and rising above yeah between kosh and chol you have to say that in order to convey the idea right okay so basic understanding of this bracha is it's a bracha on the institution of kadusha israel regarding um regarding the sexual and so you you do the pyramid of uh kedusha the the foundation of kedusha israel is separation from the arayos okay well, actually let me, let me just insert express this through an idea from the that shear is um Rebbe mentions on the shear that in biosasuros and mahalasasuros then there are two types uh, two ways that the torah regulates us okay certain 
let's take let's take with the foods first, right? With certain foods, certain foods are ushered to us all the time. We can never have them. Other foods are ushered to us under certain conditions or at certain times. So, for example, pork, shellfish, etc., you can never have. Meat you can have of uh, of domesticated uh, kosher animals, but only if it is, undergoes shrita, right? Um, or let's say like you can have milk and you can have meat, but not together. Or you can have chametz, but not on Pesach, right? So the reason for that is because when it comes to addictions and attachments to pleasures, certain people have an easier time with certain pleasures, giving it up cold turkey, but they would never be able to regulate themselves in moderation. Like you have to not be involved in it at all. And for other people, it's the opposite or other pleasures. The opposite is that as long as I can partake of it, like some people need cheat days on their diets, right? Like if I certain times, I'm good. But if you say don't have it forever, then I, I can't tolerate that. But in each of the Malchalas Asuros, you have both categories. Same thing in Bios Asuros. So you have... Um, Many of the arrivals, most of the arrivals, really, you can never have uh, relations with at all, right? So all the incest categories, homosexual relations, bestiality, right, is never at all. Um, and then you have next is with women who are mutter to you. So first of all, it has to be through the institution of chupa and kiddushin. And, uh, and even then, you know, you have Nida, which is that not at all times or certain other times of the year, you know, like Yom Kippur or whatever you can't have. So the loose general uh, idea of this bracha is Shevach to God on the institution of Kedusha Yisrael through the sexual. Now, what are all the details that we're not going to go into tonight? Because Yeshua and I didn't prepare that. We just tried to get a basic idea because we want to focus on the Shevach brachas. Yeah. So this is a good question. What's the difference between... Uh, betrothed woman and a per- and permitted woman in, the, in this context. Well, so Erusin uh, makes her, is when you say Harim and Lee, and she's usher to all men. And then Chupa and Kidu, Chupa is Matir her for you, for the one who marries her. Yeah, I know. So that's my question. Like, well, I have to mention both. Yeah. It's a good question. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So again, the, the, we just, we t- we spent like one day on this. And so that's that. Okay. But now we get to the Shepherd Brothers. Okay. So let's do a quick translation. Okay. And then we'll, we'll try to go through the ideas. Okay. So the first one is break, break off. And we know that, right? <laughs> uh, you are some of the source of blessing King of the universe who creates the fruit of the vine too. Yeah. Do you want the questions now? Or? No, not now. Okay. Oh, we're going to do the bird's eye view, and then, uh, and then we'll go back. Okay. And I'm not even sure if I want to take all questions systematically. I'll, I'll take questions that, you know, all right. Uh, you are the source of all bless. Oh, by the way, as we go through this, um, let me do a background thing. There's two types of brachos in brachos. There's a bracha katsara and a bracha arechta, right? Or arucha, right? So bracha katsara is a one-sentence bracha that just has one bracha tashem. And then a bracha arucha starts with baruch, has stuff in the middle, and then ends with baruch. And then what's the rule about bracha arechtas in a series? If there's a, if there's a, a like a, um... A, a discontinuance in like the first half of the book. Not a discontinuance, it's like a different topic within the bracha. No, that's not what I'm thinking of. Yeah, if you, uh, no, no, that, that is true. That is true. So every bracha richa needs to start with baruch and ends with baruch. But what about Birkaz Mazan, where we only start with uh, baruch and end with baruch on the first one, but then Nodelcha and Rachem we don't, or in the Shemona Esrei, where we only say Magin Avraham with Baruch and then with Baruch and then the rest of them we don't. Where does that come from? Yeah, David? Where does it come from? Or no, not where does it come from, but what is that principle? Okay, so there's this principle called a Brucha Hasmucha Lachaverta, which means when you have a series of Brucha Aruchas, uh, Brucha Riftas, the first one needs to start with Baruch and end with Baruch, but then anyone that is after that in the series 
it doesn't need to start with bark. It could like piggyback on the the bark from the first one. Okay, so just keep that in mind as we read through these. All right. I, I misunderstood. Okay, yeah, I, maybe I misspoke it. Yeah. These are brachos. These are brachos. Uh, the simple answer is yes. Yeah, we'll see that there's one thing that the abudirim seems to indicate that it's not exclusively shavah. Okay, so second bracha. Um, Yushem the source of blessing, king of the universe, that everything was created for his glory. Again, this is another great example of second person switching to third person, right? You don't say, uh, you say, okay. Um, I've been at more than one wedding where the guy accidentally said this, <laughs> okay, don't do that if you ever get the first bracha, okay. And if you do, then just find something to eat, uh, really quickly, okay. Three. Now, I, I struggle to translate this, okay? I usually translate yotzer as to form. The problem is in the next bracha, we're going to have a lot of form words, so I didn't want to use up my form word here. So to fashion is good. So what I would have said is, you are the source of blessing, king of the universe, who fashions the man, okay? But you'll see that that also doesn't work out uh, uh, when we uh, get to uh, another bracha later on, okay? So fashioner, the fashioner of man, okay, of the man. All right, bracha number four. Who fashioned the man in his form? Okay, capital H. Which we're not translating right now. Okay, um, I, I want to save this for the end, but the whole rigmarole, is that a word that we went through, is that there's a whole big problem with this bracha uh, that, like, uh, because of the problem, then when Yushu and I were, were learning it, then he said, uh, can I give you, you that bracha? I said, I said, sure, I'll work it out. I thought I worked it out. And then on the eve of the wedding, I realized it doesn't make sense. And then I had to go through the whole thing with Pesach. And then I finally asked Rebbe. And then I got it all worked out. And I have it all on paper here. Okay, so we'll, uh, I want to I have this all in one spot for, for posterity. Okay, but for now, we won't translate it. Okay, you just have B'Tselem, Debus, you know, Tavniso. Okay. V'hiskin lo mimenu binyan adiad. Very strange phrase. And he established, this is a better word. Okay, I'm, I'm going to use a weird term here. So, latakin either means to enact, to establish, or to fix. So, the, the strictly speaking, the best thing would be he fixed for him. But that, first of all, to me, I don't like it because it implies broken. And we only in English use the word to fix. I fix this for you. Um, well, like, in American, what? In American. I mean, oh yeah, is there a British one that's different? Yeah, you fix someone a meal. Or a yeah, a meal, right? So I, I fix, I, I fixed him something. I, I think of meals. Yeah, right. So I'm going to say establish for him, but but we'll see that fix is not in is not inaccurate. So uh, like AF, no, 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 no. I'm suggesting. Oh, that's a different word than without that context. Yes, that I think of mezuzahs because that's the only context I ever hear of a fix to a fix a mezuzah, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I, and I don't even think that that's what a fix means, does it? A fix is to attach. Yeah, that's why it's a likboa mezuzah is or alkavis mezuzah. All right. Um, prepare. So prepare is good, but that has a different connotation, a different uh, meaning than the one that we want to get here. You'll see why when we go through the meanings. Vhiskin lo mimenu. He established for him from him an everlasting building. Yeah, exactly. Hashem, Adam, you Hashem are the the uh, source of blessing who fashions the man. Yeah. The Asher Yitzhar, that's a capital his? That's a capital his. Okay. 
Is the other one a capital is? That's the that's the dicey issue. Okay. All right. Next. Mimenu. Yeah, from him. Yeah. For him, from him. Lo Mimenu. Okay. All right. Five. Sos tasis vitagel haakara. The barren woman will surely uh, rejoice and be glad. When her children are gathered into her midst in joy. Baruch Hashem, Yushem, the source of blessing. Mesmech Tzion Bivaneha, who causes Tzion to be happy with her children. Okay, six. So, uh, I copied and pasted this from Chabad. I think we say we say Samech Tesamach, not Samach Tesamach. Samech Tesamach Reim Ha'ahuvim. You should surely rejoice, beloved companions. Okay, and we said, strictly speaking, uh, Reacha, comrades is the best translation, but that sounds too Soviet for my taste. Um, <laughs> as your fashioner caused you to rejoice in the Garden of Eden long ago. Yosham of the source of blessing, Mesmech Chasan Bechala, who causes the groom and bride to be happy. Okay, now this last one I had to bust out all the synonyms for joy. Okay, Baruch Hashem Elokim Lachalam, Yosham of the source of blessing, um, um, uh, King of the Universe, Asher Baras Asim Simcha, who created joy and happiness, Chasan Bechala, groom and bride, uh, Gila Rina Ditza Vechedva. Okay, um, Gila is uh, I translate here as cheer. Rina is joyous song. Okay, and just FYI, Rina is one of those words like trua that can either mean joyous song or sad song. Okay, so you have to get it from context here. It definitely means joyous. Uh, Ditsa is the one I hear the least. Okay, delight, chedva, elation. Ahava v'ahava, love and brotherhood, shalom v'reus, peace and companionship or comradeship. Meherad Hashem Elkino, Yeshama Barihuda Um, May you cause to be heard in the cities of Judah and in the outskirts of Jerusalem. Was it? Quickly, thank you. Uh, may you quickly. Oh, no, 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 oh. Just... oh, sorry. Yeah, I didn't read it. Quickly, O Hashem, our God, may you cause to be heard in the cities of Judah and the outskirts of Jerusalem. The sound of joy and the sound of happiness. The sound of a groom and the sound of a bride. The sound of exultation. Uh, and again, just a basic English thing here. Uh, exalt means to praise. Exult means to joyously cry out. Okay. I did not know that there were two different words for a very long time. Um, <laughs> Uh, from their chuppas and youths from their mimishte uh, niginasam, from the their celebration songs. Okay, baruch Hashem mesmech hasan im hakala. Yushem the source of blessing who brings happiness to the groom with the bride. Okay, so here is all seven at a bird's eye view, and we're gonna go ahead and just acknowledge here. Okay, so actually let's do this. Um, again, I for the sake of. Uh, comprehensiveness, I think it would not be wise for us to ask all questions now. So instead, what I'll do is I'm going to present the ideas. And if you have further questions, you can ask them and we can uh, we can tackle them. Okay, so the biggest Kiddush, so I had my own understanding of the whole Shavu Brachos from just going to lots of weddings and I never looked into it. And then what we did is Yeshua and I went into the, uh, the Mepharshim and we found out that there's a halakhic anatomy to these Brachos, which makes it doesn't render my interpretation untrue, but it makes it like a Venn diagram where mine still works out, but it doesn't take into account the halakos. And so I want to express it through the halakos and then afterwards I'll give you my layman's uh, parish. Okay, so here's how the anatomy works. Okay, bravery Goffin is not one of the Shepherd Brothos. Um, okay. My question was like, is it just there just because just you need a coast? Exactly. So yeah, so, so, so really it's, you should say this brother on a coast and there's all these questions that you and I spent days on about like, do, do you need a coast and Bediyevid and can be Shekhar and that's all that fun stuff. Okay. Um, but, uh, but this is not really one of the Sheva Brachos. Okay. So we're going to put it in gray. Okay. The rest of the Sheva Brachos could be divided up into categories and subcategories. Okay. So the overarching category is 
there is here, hold on. Um, these three, okay, are one category, mm -hmm. okay? And these two are another category. And really, this one is the pivot. What was that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so this, these are the real. So, okay. It, it turns out. Okay. And this is going to be weird to say. Uh, I'm just going to tell you now in advance, so you can like pr prime your mind. Um, the only two brachos that are about the marriage are six and seven. Okay. Um, five is here for another reason, which we'll talk about. Okay. Two, three, and four. So two, two is here for, for something else. Four is here as a bridge to the marriage and three is dragged in because of four. Okay. I'll explain what all this means, all this means when we go through it. Do you have a question, Yago? Okay. All right. So here's, here's the deal. Okay. So I'm actually going to switch back and forth between reading and paraphrasing. So uh, this one, you might've heard uh, you should talk about on Friday night. If you were here um, the uh, so I'm going to read this one because the Abu Dhirim, uh So the Otar Tfilos, Again, Ozer Tefilos is, in my opinion, if you had to get one commentary on Tefillah to learn, the Ozer Tefilos sitter with the H. Yosef is the best commentary. He's essentially a digest of Rishonim, but he also has his own uh, original insights, which are all very good. And most importantly, he's holding in the Yisodeh HaTorah, <laughs> okay, and uh, and like says really good, clear ideas and like, uh, you know. Uh, stays away from like a kafira, which is always good in a on tefillas because you don't want those ideas entering your mind. So, so here's what uh, here's what the Yosef says. He says, "Shakol bar everything is created for His glory. Al shem hakasuv ose shalom ubore es hakol." Okay, um, it's on. It's based on the pasuk um, who makes peace and creates everything. Where do you recognize that from? Uh, the Krishma. Okay, anyone know the? Uh, he pulled a fast one on us here. Anyone know the fast one he pulled? Uh, it's not what the puzzle says, right? What's the puzzle? Uh, it's a uh, yoke. Mm. The, the, the Gemara does mention that, right? But um, so it says, um, but for the Ose Shalom Ubore, uh, Bore Ra. So the puzzle is Bore Ra. And then there's a whole sugya about why it um, it changes it to Hakol. Okay, but it's plain size, it's Lashon uh, Naki, right? It's like a euphemism. We don't want to say that God creates evil, even though it's a true idea. We don't want to say that like in our fields. Okay, here here comes now. So that's a whole idea. Okay, and that's, that's that goes into the realm in the morning book on um, on evil. Yeah, in, in three. Yeah. He dresses Yeah, he dresses that. Yeah, yeah. That's a very important thing in the morning book to learn is it starts in 3.8. Uh, um, and Yeshua tried to drag me into that and ah. I resisted. Uh, so yeah, okay, otherwise we would not be here doing this today. Okay, we would still be in that. So, okay, yeah, all right. Um, okay, so it is a bracha that was established for the gathering of the people who are gathered to be Gomel Chesed to, um, uh, sorry, I think the Abudirim says okay, and that's why so this is a zecher for the kindness that God did with Adam, that God became Adam's groomsman, 
it's a weird uh, uh, midrash, uh, and and like uh, was like helped him with his needs. Okay, and how did God help on with his needs? He made Hava. Okay, best thing you can do as a groomsman is create the bride from the rib of the of God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, um, so it is a. So this is what I meant that this is not <laughs> this is not a bracha on the marriage. It's a bracha on the gathering of the people who are there for the marriage. Now, just side idea which I told to Yoshua and I also told this to, uh, to my other student Rifki last night that they both said that this really helped him with the, uh, uh, with frame the entire wedding is, um, so mitzvot, Tommy mitzvot fall into three reasons, uh, three categories, right. According to the Ramam and the Ramban mitzvot. So they're either to, for intellectual perfection, which is to in, give you a true idea, remove a false idea for ethical perfection to instill a good meter, remove a bad meter or for, um, society, right. Is to promote, uh, mishpat in society or remove the opposites. Okay. So there was one time when I was at a wedding and I was, uh, not in the mood to, to mingle. So I spotted Rabbi Moskowitz. So I went to Rabbi Moskowitz and said, Rabbi Moskowitz, there are Tama and Mitzvahs or all the Mitzvahs. And these are the three categories. What is the Tama Mitzvah for being Masameach Chachasen in the Kala? Okay. So the answer he gave me, and he didn't quote a source. I don't know if this is his own idea or if he read it somewhere, is he said, he really explained it in the third category. Okay. Secondarily, you could say it's the, it's the ethical and then tertiarily, you could say it's the uh, intellectual. They said, primarily, he says that the a marriage is a time of extreme uncertainty uh, and fear and insecurity for the, the, the couple, because first of all, they are, you know, ending their, their independent single lives, right. And emerging as a semicolon, right. Um, uh, and uh, as, um, and in many cases now this creates tremendous obligations in terms of the, typically the husband to provide for the wife, the wife, uh, this pressure will for both of them really to create a family. Um, many times they have to move. I mean, certainly out of their parents' houses usually, and sometimes even moving job, a lot of stress. So Ryan Moskowitz says that the, the, the idea of having the being with and having the seven days of Mishta is that all of their friends and family come together to give them this boost of emotional support, which helps them to transition to this next phase of life with the confidence that everyone's behind them. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very good, uh, nice idea to have in mind. The, the, I think this idea more than the Sheva Brokos ideas that I'm going to go over, I always have this in mind when I'm at the uh, the weddings and I see, you, sometimes, I don't know if you, any of you had this at, at, at recent weddings, but like there's everyone dancing and sometimes you get like this little like, like in a movie where like the, the music like fades and like you kind of like step outside of yourself and just like see the entire scene, you know, and like can like appreciate it. I think of that there when, uh, you know, of, of this idea there that everyone's there to like support the Chasen and the Kala. So that's the Gamilus Chesed in the, in the Hassan Kala thing, which is why, by the way, the Raman brings this down, um, not in the halachas of the weddings, but the place where he talks about being, anyone know where he talks about being Shmei Hassan and the Kala? It's a weird place. Based on everything you're saying? Yeah. I don't even know if you'd be able to get it based on everything I'm saying, unless you knew ahead of time. Um. The hint is that you can make a joke out of it. Um. Is it in the laws of mourning? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, no. So, at the very end, is he says, uh, <laughs> at the very end, he says the uh, the mitzvah of um, of Gimelus Kasadim, and he has um, the Lesamei Chasim Akala. And not only that, but this is the other weird thing, which I've never gone to the sugya. Um, who set up the takana of having seven days of Mishta? No. Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay. So where do you see this? In the first halakha in Hilchus Evel, 
Um, so mitzvah to say lehisabal akrovim. Ramam holds it's a mitzvah to say to mourn the uh, your relatives. Ve'inavilus min Torah ella biyom rishon bilvad. Okay, shiyoma misa biyom kavura. Ramam holds it's only a mitzvah to arise on the day of death and the day of burial. Avashar shiva inan din Torah. Okay, etc. etc. Okay, and then he, I'm, I'm skipping stuff. Umosher binu tikin lehen lisrael shivas yimei avilus v'shivas yimei hamishteh. So. There is a relationship between the two takanos, seven days of mourning and seven days of the partying with the, uh, the Hazan Kala. I, I, I don't know what the sogi is. I just, I'm just showing it's, it's you. support for what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're right. <laughs> that works out, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, all right. That, that, yes, very good. Very good. Okay, yeah. All right. So, yeah, is a full week. Yeah, because I think a week is the, the unit, the next unit after a day, right? Yeah. Like in people's minds, you know? It's funny how like Moshe is determined, but it's not an yeah, right. Yeah, there's a couple, couple of things like that. It's kind of Moshe, yeah. Okay, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Okay, so on onward here. But then there's another idea also, which is... So Rashi says it, it's a Kavod HaMakom because when you see, we're all gathered here to be Goma Chesed to the Hasan and Kala. That's a reminder that God was Goma Chesed to, um, to Adam HaRishon. And so when we think of that, that's Kavod HaMakom. To me, that's a little removed then he quotes the Ramah. Now, this is not the Ramosha Isilis the Ramah. This is uh, the, the Yad Ramah, oh, the, the, who is Abu Lafia. No, no so Yad Ramah is, yeah, Mir Abu Lafia. Okay, this is the one of the first people who opposed the Ramah philosophically, uh, broke through the uh, the thing. So, um, not the Kabbalist Abu Lafia. Uh, I think it's the same family. But I think he was a ka- no, he was not a Kabbalist. But there's not not the not the woo. Huh? Kabbalists. The, there's the Abu Lafia Kabbalist who had this special thing of Kabbalah with the spirals and getting to a meditative state by like spinning. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's quite a wild ride. Yeah, I think I think that was an Abu Lafia. Yeah. Uh, and the one, was he the same Abu Lafia? Was he the same one who tried to convert the Pope? There was a Kabbalist who tried to go convert the Pope. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great family. Great family. It's a very diversity of, of views here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, we have a Abulafi family in Seattle who the descendants, yeah. All right, Varama Pirish Shiniskana Brahazo Kilahaskir Sibas Hazivu. So the Ramah says that this bracha was established to remind you of the cause of the uh of, of the couple of the marriage. He didn't say marriage, but whatever the zivuk, the pairing. What was it? Pairing? Yeah, pairing. Shihu Ikri Yitzirs Haolam Hatafton, which is the main purpose for the existence of earth. Now, if you stop there, then that sounds weird, right? That Earth was only created to, to um, uh, repopulate. Okay, but that's not, not the case. Uh, in Yeshayahu, it says, God did not create the Earth to be void, but to be settled. He formed it. This is a covenant to God. The glory of God is only known through his creations. As it says, um, so the full passage says, uh, everything that is called in my name, I have, uh, and for my honor, I have created it. I have formed it and I have even, uh, work, done it. Okay. So the main idea here is that you have this gathering of people for the marriage. Okay. This is my, my understanding of this. Okay. Which is like this. It's very easy. Okay. So what's the purpose of all brachos? To redirect uh, your mindset. Yeah, exactly. To redirect your mindset. So whenever there's a danger, your mindset is going to go in some bad direction, you know, or just go to whatever default there is. It redirects it to true ideas and to ideas of perfection. So at a marriage, what would there, what natural 
you know, non-ideal places would your mind go to? It's funny you say that because like the fact that he's already up there and you know, getting married, you know, to one person, it's almost like he's already in that mindset versus someone who's single. And like, I'm just giving you like a hobby. I'm not. Okay. So one possibility is that he's only going to be thinking about like the fact that, that this woman is going to be motor to him. Okay. But remember, this is not just for him. This is for everybody, right? Well, for everyone. Yeah. The, so how, how might people frame the marriage in wrong ways? Or not wrong. I don't want to say wrong. I would like, like, just like simply as a phenomenon of being the companion, needing companionship. Um, How do most people in the world relate to weddings? Party, party, right? A joy, a a party, or a personal joy, right? You know, or I guess in other cases, it could be redirected in like you know unhealthy or bad directions. So what this does is this bracha recognizes that we're all gathered here for the for um, for pru for an institution of kedusha facilitating pru uravu for the sake of kavod Hashem, which is the purpose of man is to recognize kavod Hashem. So th- this and this is my theory of of uh, the shavuot brachos is that my whole theory of the shavuot brachos again, which is not going to be contradicted by what we learn now, is that it's framing the entire wedding going from universal to particular. Okay. So it starts with where's the purpose of the universe is covered habore. And then what Rashi and the Yad say is that the people gathered here should recognize that's why we're gathered here to do, to be gomachesed to the chasen and kala, you know, and to facilitate the institution that leads to Puru which populates the world with people who can recognize God. Yeah. And I think specifically like pointing out that like, like he's making a point, like what you're saying of like, Recognizing Puru in the positive way. Because I think it's interesting that the Gemara one talks about Nibble Pet. Yeah. Like the classic case is that it says that people who sit at a wedding and say, I know what the Hassan and Kala is going to do. Ah, okay. That's like the classic case that the, the Gemara brings out. Like Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And that actually reminds me, um, remind me when we get to the seventh bracha, if I forget, that there's an actual Nibble Pet results in a change of the text of a bracha here. Okay. So, which I've never seen before. Hmm. All right. All right. So that's Shokal Baralikhoda. Okay. Next, I'm not going to read through the commentary for all of them. Okay, so then once you talk about God creating um, um, the uh, everything, right, as occasioned by this thing, then we start talking about uh, the creation of Adam and Chava. Okay, so really, according to the Abu Dhiram, we want to just make this bracha. And what is this bracha about? So it is a sheriatar es Adam b'tzalmo, that's talking about the Tzalmo Lukim, okay, Tavniso. Now, I'll, the part I'll, I'll tell you now is Tavnis means physical structure. So this is talking about the physical structure of man's body. Okay, but there are problems there. Okay. Now, the hiskin lo mimenu binyan ade ad. What does that mean? What do you think that's referring to? He fixed for him, uh, from him, a building forever. No, no. What did, what did what did what did God uh, fix from him? Chava. Chava. Okay, so the, the, this is talking about Chava. Okay, and why would it call her a building? Because what? No. Why is sounding strong? Okay, I mean that, that's actually a plausible interpretation. Uh, that's not that's uh, there's a more primary reason though. Because buildings are not supposed to last a long time. Use the word about Yes, about. that's the reason. Okay, right. So when so it, 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 and this just kind of pushes the question one more spot back. Mm-hmm. But uh, when he creates Chava, so first of all, the reason why it says he why why would it say 
like misakin he fix what is the the brokenness it's not good for man to be alone lotovius on levado and then when he he creates chava it says um god built the side or the rib that he took from man into a woman so so and the reason why it's so that's why uh, it's binyan and it's a binyan adeyad because it is not just talking about Adam and Chava, it's talking about the institution of man and woman for all times, but starting with Adam and Chava. And then once you have, so this bracha is really on the creation of, of basically like the phenomenon of human couples. Okay. But so why do we only say this bracha? So the thing is, is that once you're talking about the creation of Adam, it would be an omission to not mention the fact that God created man alone first. So you have a separate Shavach of God creating man alone but then what you really want to get to is God creating the man and the woman. And that's a preface to the, to, to talking about the, this marriage. It's the first mitzvah in the Torah, right? Uh, it is the first mitzvah in the Torah. Yeah, correct. First mitzvah, yeah, listed in the Torah. Yeah. Um, bec- so I think for two reasons. One is because it would be an incomplete account of the creation of man if you didn't talk about the fact that God, um, just like Yotzer HaAdam. But I think the reason that we read is that, um, that, is the Adam was created Yechidi and then God made a wife for him, which is what makes this whole thing into a unit here of like, you know, uh, especially according to Rashi, God, you know, uh, was Goma Chasta Adam. Oh, sorry, that would go out of order then. No, I think it's just the idea that the, to reference the little Tobias Adam Lovado. And to, so, so that really shows the idea of Ezra Konegdo, you know, that man was created alone and is incomplete. And then now God completed him. Mm-hmm. By creating woman, yeah. Oh, and by the way, the, the way we know this is a trio here is he said that pasuk in Shayahu. So the pasuk says, So he says each one alludes to this. Uh, so that's a, a, a unit. So the purpose of that is to set the framework for then talking about the couple. Yeah, tomorrow. Um. It seems like I'm not really getting why I guess the third bracha is necessary. I mean, it does talk about Adam first in uh, four, right? Does that just mean people in that context or is I, that also Adam? So, yeah, it's a good question. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Okay. All right. So then we get into five. So what is five about and what is it doing here? I mean, if I had to make an assumption. Yeah. It's like that idea of bringing in like the hormone yes so like your your happy times correct right oh yeah yeah sorry i, I forgot one important point sorry let me back up for one second if this is on the asifa sa'am so why are we saying as part of the sheva brachos like if this is not actually the bracha on the wedding it's just the people who are gathered for the wedding these these three brachos or really these two well, Shachol Baruch Vodo is not talking about the couple, and neither is Yosher. It does apply everyone. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. You're like creating like a a structure of like all the people that are there. Like close. It's a much more boring halachic reason. Okay. Which is that once you are being Masadir Brachos Al Hakos, then you incorporate all the Brachos that are said at that time onto the coast. And when do we do that? When can you think of a time where we? There are brachos that don't need to be said on a coast, but we're massaging them on a coast anyway because they're said at the same time. 
Uh, so benching the entire thing is, is Alakos. Pesach might be a good example. I have to think through that. So the, the, the more, more frequent time, Havdalah, right? So what has to be Alakos and Havdalah? Uh, and Havdalah, right? So the Besamim and the Aish, you could just do separately, right? But because on most jobs you are chayev in making in smelling basamim and you have to make a bracha on them and because you're chayev in saying a bracha on the ish we put them all a coast mm. so that's why so really you if you not i'm not poskening but it stands to reason from what they're saying if you just said the bracha of shakal baral vodo and like let's say you found that something was wrong with the coast or whatever then like you yote that bracha like it's not it's not part of the actual seder of the um of, of the of the shavu brachos, so yeah. Random question: uh, Do you need ten people for? Yes. For yeah, for you life? do need ten people for this bracha. Yeah. For what? You need ten people for the shavu for these brachos. Yeah. Shavu, even under the chuppah. Even under the chuppah, yeah. And this gets into a complicated halakhic issue though, because about what the chuppah is. So uh, I don't want to go into any more. No, no, that. It's not yeah, yeah. Because like, I had a question of like, like really, it's, really, this should be a message you know, primarily to the people at the West. Yeah, this is really, this is a, one of these rare cases where we have a bracha. It's not a Dabrash Bikdusha, but it does require a minion. Okay, because it's a public bracha that, for that the community. Makes, that makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that is for everyone. Okay, so anyway, so now, so now really six and seven are about the couple. Okay, but, uh, sorry, say again? Did you answer the question? Uh, which one? No. Of why you needed these two. Why did that? Why you're having, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, you did. Oh, Why are we getting there? Oh no, that's what I'm gonna answer now. Yeah. So 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 six and seven are really about the couple, but then we say uh um uh the oh, what's what's four? Mini. What? What's one of four? Uh uh, we'll get to that in a second. So yeah, four is green because it's the end of this series and it's the bridge to this series. Okay, but first we're gonna explain five. So five is that you can't be uh right? You can't raise um anything over the if I don't raise Yushlaim over my high simpa. So at the times of the great simpa, you have to remember Yushlaim, which is why nowadays they break the glass, but the original one was the uh, the ashes on the forehead, which we still do, uh, you know. And they did a bunch of things. Uh, also, like the Chasankal um, used to wear crowns, uh, and they made a Takana to not wear crowns at the wedding, which is why we don't do them, I guess, you know. Um, <laughs> um, so, um, so we put this here because since the only brothers about the simcha of this couple are six and seven, we, pr- we proceed that with, uh, remembering Yushalayim and Yushalayim is compared, it uses, Yushalayim is compared to lots of things, but it uses the muscle of a, of, of a woman who doesn't have her children, because that is a muscle that's like thematically appropriate to the wedding, right. Of, 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 of a woman and having children. Okay, so that's why we say that here. Okay, all right. So then, oh, and you know what? I'm gonna deploy this idea now. Okay, uh, I could do it later, but so at uh, so every wedding they sing Odishama, right? Okay, so uh, I had this uh, at Nathan and uh, Yael's wedding. Uh, then I decided while I was waiting to look up the source of the puzzle because I was like looking stuff up in context. Okay, and this is the only time I've ever looked up. Um, uh, the pasuk uh and been uh literally horrified okay <laughs> yeah so the pasuk appears four times oops no sorry I, I typed it wrong okay literally horrified okay so uh, i'll be prepared to be horrified okay so it appears four times in um 
Yirmiyahu. Okay. Uh, right, but not not the phrase Right, yeah. So it's four times Yirmiyahu. Okay, so first time is in seven thirty four, and I'm going to read it to you in context. Okay. Um. Uh. So it says. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, the word of Hashem, when it shall no longer be called the Tophes and the Valley of Gehenom, okay, which is where they used to slaughter things in bad place, right. but the Valley of Killing, for they will bury in Tophes until there is no more room. The corpses of this people will become food for the birds of the heavens and the animals of the earth, and none will make them afraid. I will eliminate from the cities of Judah and from the cities of Jerusalem the sound of joy and the sound of gladness, the sound of groom and the sound of bride, for the land will become ruin. Okay, okay, that's source number one. Okay, the second one is the worst one. Okay, this is in, um, yeah. Yumiahu 16.9. Okay. So we're going to rev into it a little bit. Um, wait, 16.9. Yeah. So the word, uh, let's start here. Yeah. Also, do not go to a house of Mary. Oh, no, no, no. We'll start here. Yeah. The word of Shem came to me saying, do not take for yourself a wife so that you do not have sons and daughters in this place. For thus said Hashem concerning the sons and daughters who are born in this place and concerning their mothers who give birth to them and their fathers who beget them in this land. They will die as victims of diseases. They will not be eulogized nor buried like dung upon the face of the earth. They will be by the sword and by the famine. They will perish and their carcasses will be food for the birds of the heavens and the animals of the earth. For thus says Hashem, do not go to a house of mourning and do not eulogize nor shake your head for them. For I've revoked my peace and kindness and mercy from this people, the word of Hashem. Great and small will die in this land and will not be buried. No one will eulogize them, nor cut them himself, nor tear out his hair for them. No one will break bread for their bereavement to comfort the dead. No one will offer them a couple of consolations for their father and for their mother. Also, do not go to a house of merrymaking to sit with them and to eat and drink. For thus is Hashem, Master of Legions, God of Israel. Behold, I am abolishing from this place before your eyes and in your days the sound of joy and the sound of gladness, the sound of groom and the sound of bride. Okay. Um, and then people will cry out for why does this happen? And then the third one is, as you could probably guess, <laughs> similar, uh, which is in um, 2510, uh, shorter context here. 2510. Therefore, thus says Hashem, Master of Legions, because you have not heeded my words, behold, I'm sending and will take all the families of the north, the word of Hashem, and I'm sending to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylonia, my servant, and I shall bring them upon this land and upon its inhabitants and upon all the surrounding nations, and I shall destroy them and make them places of desolation and whistling and eternal ruins. I shall eliminate from them the sound of joy, the sound of gladness, the sound of groom, and the sound of bride, the sound of mill, and the sound of light of candle. So I'm sitting here at this wedding, scrolling through. I'm like, no, and the, the sad face is getting like, you know, sadder, sadder. But then you get to the last one. The last one is in. 3311. And in that one, it says, it starts off with uh, the word of Hashem came to Jeremiah a second time while he was still being detained in the courtyard of confinement, saying, Thus said Hashem, its maker, Hashem is fashioning and to establish Hashem is his name. Call to me and I'll answer you. Let me skip a little bit. Behold, I'm bringing a remedy and a cure, and I will heal them, and I shall reveal to them an abundance of peace and truth. I will return the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel, and I will rebuild them as at first. I will cleanse them of all their sins that they committed against me, and I will forgive all their iniquities that they committed against me and that they transgressed before me. And this will be for me for the sake of rejoicing, for praise and for splendor before all the nations of the earth, who will hear about all the goodness that I shall be doing for them, and who will fear and tremble over all the goodness and all the peace that I will do for it. Thus said Hashem, they will again be heard, Od Yishama, in this place about which you shall say it is destroyed without man and without animal in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate without man and without inhabitant and without animal. The sound of joy and the sound of gladness, the sound of groom, the sound of bride, the sound of people saying praise Hashem, master of legions, for Hashem is good, for his mercy is forever, bringing thanksgiving offerings to the temple of Hashem, for I will return the captivity of the land at, as at first said Hashem. Ooh. Now, I don't know about you. For me, knowing this context changes the way I hear Odishama at a wedding. Mm-hmm. Okay. How, how, how would you describe like how it would, might change or shift your hearing of it? 
It's like a bouncing back, right? This is the same same thing. Side note here is that you know the uh, the only people who get the minhag who I know who get the minhag correct for Shir Hamalos is Chabad because Chabad the real minhag the way it was instituted by the Shlah is to say Al Naharos Bavel during every benching during the week and then on Shabbos and Yom Tov you contrast Al Naharos Bavel with Shir Hamalos. There is no minhag to just say Shir Hamalos on Shabbos and Yom Tov. It's just not a minhag. You know, it's a thing people do, but it's not a minhag, you know. Um, so, and we know this because the Shloss is the one who started the minhag. Is, uh, I think it's the first time in the Mishnah Bureau. So, similarly here, I think we just think about, and I don't think we think about the word ode. I mean, maybe we do it on some level. But really, you know, if we were literate in Tanakh, you would hear this. And the majority of references you would think of would be to the destruction and the ab- abolishment of, like, like this joy, you know. And, uh, and... Yumiah comes back, swings back the end and says, no, there, it will one day be heard again. So I think like that is a thought that now I have, now that I know that this fifth bracha is about the Hurban on Yushalayim and remembering that, then I, I, I start thinking about that idea here, you know, uh, and, and what, you know, what is the idea of the, um, I mean, obviously we, we have the Simchas Chasam Kala here. So I think the idea, the two things to think about of the Simchas Chasam Kala now is either that, uh, I've only heard this quoted by Rapizak. I don't know where it is actually inside, but Rapizak quoted Aristotle as saying that the uh, household is the smallest building block of society. Like you have individuals and then the, the building blocks of the household. So so part of the symbol of this wedding and the emphasis on Yerushalayim is that this couple, like the Bayes and Emma of Israel, is the, is the building blocks of the Am Yisrael, which will eventually become the Malchus Yisrael, which we will have at the time of Mashiach. So you're rejoicing here is like a taste. First of all, it's an active step towards reaching the gula, and it's a taste of the type of joy that will be there, you know, but it's not complete yet. And if you want, I don't remember if Johnny wrote it up, but side point, but uh, Johnny had the craziest experience of everybody uh, uh, with the, so there was in the summer, so Isaac got married, uh, uh, and then John and Abigail got married, Isaac and Aviva, and then John and Abigail got married two weeks later. So in between, Johnny completed his genocide tour. So Johnny did this genocide tour where he toured, he went to Rwanda and familiarized himself with the Rwandan genocide, then went to uh, Armenia and Turkey and familiarized himself with that. And then the last stop was bracketed. He like he literally left Isaac's wedding in the middle of the wedding to go to the airport and then came back right to John's wedding, going to Poland and Germany and the concentration camps in between. And he said that he had a um, a moment at the at John and Abigail's wedding where uh, it was almost like a PTSD type response where he saw everybody dead, oh. uh, like all of the people. Like he's like all the people here, you know, all all of, you know, this is, you know, all, you know, all of his friends and, and community and stuff saw them dead because he realized like from going through Germany and Poland, like, like, why isn't that us? Like that could happen to us. And we happen to be in this like weird bubble right now where this is not happening, but for the vast majority of Jewish history, it is. So like, I feel like those ideas of like the destruction would be much more real to us at other eras of Jewish history than it is now. So we have to like artificially generate that by thinking about it. But like, that's like uh, what the Hurban idea is, I think, you know, or part of it. Yeah. Okay. So that's what bracha number five is. Okay. So then we get to number six. So bracha number six, I, I want to, I'm going to go over time because I want to finish this. You know, if you have to leave, you can leave, but um, um, bracha number six, uh, I'm just going to read you the very short thing that he says here is wait for it. Oh, so 
I always thought the Reim Ahuvim is like all the the friends of the uh, like everyone who's there. No, Reim Ahuvim is the couple. Okay, is is just the couple themselves, the Chassan and the Kala. And this is a bracha where we say, hold on. So the the uh, the uh, Joseph says, quoting the Abudiram, Shame Reim Ahuvim Zelzei. They are our beloved friends to each other. Uh, and this is a bracha l'sam kam b'zivugam. So it's so this is why I said when you ask is this Shabbat. Someone else is a Shavah, right? Yaakov. So he says, it's l'sam kam b'zivugam b'hitzlicham b'masi yedehem. To bring them joy in their marriage and to bring them success in the work of their hands. Kisimchas zivug adam harishon b'gan eden. Okay. U'brachazo hi derech shavach v'hoda'a l'makom ayasiris. Oh no, that's going to be, that's going to be the last one. Hold on. Yeah, I think he transitioned. No, no, no. Okay, yeah. I think there's a, must be a mistake here. Okay, hold on just a second. So this is a bracha uh, for the success and the happiness of the couple. Okay, and that's why we say chasan v'chala is it's for both of them. Okay, um, and then the last one is he says is I think bracha Zoe is talking about the last one is derech shavuhodal l'makom al yitzirus simcha on the creation of simcha. That's definitely talking about the last one, right? Vazivug ba'olam and marriage in the world l'shavar for the past litzok lasi lavo al simchas yushlaim. And to cry out to the future for Simchas Yushalayim. That's definitely the last one because we talk about Yushalayim there. So that's why in bracha number six, we say chasen v'chala. There you go. It's a bakasha. So that bracha is wishing for rachamim on both them. So he learns that when you say chasen im hakala, it's really the chasen's joy with the kala, but the one that's talking about both their joys is the sixth bracha. So in this last bracha, it's a bracha on the entire simcha of the entire event and on uh, on asking God for the future joy. And the reason why this one starts with baruch and ends with baruch, I don't know if you notice here, we had uh, short bracha, short bracha, short bracha, uh, long bracha, okay, because this is, okay, this is the weird thing. So bracha number four is the end of the um, of the series of brachos that are occasioned by the gathering for the wedding. But it's the first bracha that talks about marriage. So it's both the end of the first series and the beginning of the second series. And because it's the beginning of the second series, it starts with Baruch and ends with Baruch. And all the other brachos are smukha l'chavrta. But the last one, why is the last one start and end with, with the Baruch if it is for the wedding? Because halakhically, this is so you make all these brachos at the chuppah and you also make them at the the meal at the wedding okay but for the other six days of the of the mishteh you only make the last bracha of uh, after benching unless there's panim chadashos if there's panim chadashos the idea is then you make all sheva brachos because they didn't get a chance to hear it at the wedding okay so that's what since this bracha was said uh it can stand on its own they were masaking it with barak at the beginning of barak at the end uh and the rest of the brachas are only ever said as part of the shepherd brachas um yeah so um so in terms of the uh the way i understood this again which is not so different but i just wanted to say you start off with the purpose of the universe and then you hone in on the creation of man Elohim with his wife, then, sorry, with his Asia Connecto, I mean, right? Um, uh, like the idea of Asia Connecto, that you need both them to, to for the perfection of Salam al 
Then you have remembering Yerushalayim, which is really not part of the series uh, intrinsically. Then you talk about the couple, but you connect it to Gan Eden. You say that may they have simcha like the way that God brought them simcha uh, in Gan Eden, which is saying that their simcha should be rooted in a mutual recognition of Telem Elkim and Ezra Kinegdo, and it should be based on those values. Okay, so that's that's the connection uh, between the, the first set and the second set. And you're also wishing them uh, success and happiness. And then the last one is talking about the simcha of the event itself. And that's when we talk about everyone being in simcha and then eventually the simcha of Yushalayim. Yeah. And then just to go on the, on the, the Haggatha again. Yeah. It's interesting that, like, by benching, uh, like, we'll have to go in the last like, the, the, the week after or whatever, that you say you make Haggatha at the end. Yeah. So there, we, we went through a lot of sigas with that also. And the main reason, oh, I don't even remember, that, that was a long time ago. That was so what is, so we call it shower workflows, but is it really seven? Because again, it seems like, it seems like I got the No, no, no. So yeah, show, if you look at the way, the way that the Ram says, if you look at the Ram, it says, so the, the formal name for those brachos is birchas chasanim. Okay. okay. And uh, the way that the Ram puts it, if you see, it's 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 a little amusing. Oh, and then there's also the, uh, oh, the, we, we tried to get eight brachos for Yeshua's wedding. You know, he made the arrangements. Uh, but it didn't come through. I'll, I'll tell you what in a second. Um, uh, hold on a second. Birkas Hasanim. So he says, yeah. Levarach, this is in Yishu's Yud Gimel. Tzarek Levarach, Birkas Hasanim, Beves Hasan, Kodem Hanisun, Behin Sheish Brachos. And there are six. Okay, right? Uh, and they start with Shakol Barach Levoto. The eighth one is, we saw all over the place, in all the halachas, there is this minhag to have Hadasim. Okay, and that according to some, like have, holding hadasim, like having hadasim, like on the thing, and then making a bracha on smelling the hadasim under the chuppah. And so we saw someone say that that would be like you know you'd make eight brachos, you know, because uh, you're going to include that there also. But we so so Yeshua got got uh, uh, found hadasim, but then the connection was missed, so the dates were wrong, so they didn't, they didn't uh, get to the wedding in time. So that would have oh. been fine. Yeah. So what's we that we didn't find out uh, that we wanted to look into more, but it, we, it seems like a cool thing to like revive because everyone loves how Hadassim smell, you know. <laughs> we didn't ask him. I didn't know Yeshua was going to go through with like trying to get it. Like I, I, I thought it was just we 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 settled. Let's put it this way: through a lot of the uh, the the learning of law, we were like, oh yeah, we should totally do that. We should totally do that. And like I didn't know he would, uh, you know, actually like set his motion. <laughs> All right, so that's that was the crash course on the meanings of the Sheva Brachos, but. I'm going to continue because I just want to get this down while it's fresh in my mind on what the deal is with this fourth bracha and yeshiva's minhag. Okay. So if you have, if you want to leave, um, no offense, you know, I'm not going to take offense to it, but let's go delve in. This is going to take about like 10 minutes. Probably. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. So the Abu Dhirim warns us. What? Yes. Yeah, recorded. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. So the Abu Dhirim warns us, actually, I'm going to read this inside of what he calls a kfira ra, not just any kfira, oh, an evil kfira. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he says, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to read this one inside because I just want to go on record that the Abu Dhirim says this. Again, I'm quoting from the Yosef, but it's almost a verbatim quote from the Abu Dhirim. He says, so first of all, he says, who created man, but oh, sorry, you know what? Before we do this, we have to go through the psukim. Okay. So the psukim, there are, um, the first time that it talks about the creation of man, it says in Bracious 126, let us make man in our talent like our likeness. Okay, et cetera, et cetera. Then in 27, it just says, 
Okay. So it just uses the word selim and drops to mus. Okay. Then in chapter five, Pasuk Aleph, it says, It just says demus and drops selim. Okay. So Rapesach <clears throat> gave a shear on uh, Avram ben Rambam on Telem Elokim, which is, uh, you know, it was in November. Okay. And I was planning on going over the key parts of it um, inside tonight. But let me just show you, just to show you why I can't, because you go to Avram ben Rambam. Uh, and I was even, I was going to review it by, by like, oh, I'll just read the Avram ben Rambam. Uh, not so simple because it starts here and goes on and on and on and on and on. Okay. So the only part of the uh, Avram ben Rambam I remember, which I'm going to reference now, even though I can't fully complete the explanation, is the first step Avram ben Rambam takes is he says that Salminu Kinmusin is clearly referring to the non-physical part of man because it's comparing, it's saying it's it's in the Salam and Demus of God and the angels. Okay. And then the fact that it drops Demus here and then drops Salam there means that apparently you can reference the whole idea with either Demus or Salam. Okay. That both of them refer to the non-physical part of man. Okay. The part I don't remember is why then does it say Salmenu Kid Museno here? Okay. Sforno's idea I can mention really quickly, which is that Salmenu, uh, so, so Sforno is, uh, okay, let me remember the chain. Sforno says Elo, the word Elohim refers to Etzem Nitzchi Vesichli, a rational eternal essence, okay, uh, that's not physical. Um, and, uh, and he says that uh, that's why we call God Elohim, because he's, rational and eternal and non-physical and we call angels uh elohim because they are rational eternal in the sense of being created and lasting forever okay not that they're like outside of time uh and uh and uh and rational and then we call judges elohim because they're supposed to be functioning using that part of themselves we call man selim elohim because as it's he is a potential elohim okay that you start off with the capacity to think and then you develop that, and then th- you develop the part of yourself that is eternal and rational, and then you become Elohim. You become, you know, uh, like the angels. Okay. And then Swarm says, Demus is referring to free will, which is in actions where he says that any being who acts with knowledge has free will. So God has, that's how he defines free will. So he says, God has free will because he acts with knowledge, but God's free will is only for good. Angels act with free will. Uh, but they can't choose bad. And then that's with free will, uh, and he can choose good or bad. So that's why it says kid musenu, because it's like the likeness of these beings who can only, uh, who act with free will, but it's not demuseno. So that's not what the Avram Ram says, that's forno. Okay, so one more term, which is tavnis. So selim is used for non-physical, for non-physical things here. Selim is also used for physical things, like you would call idols, uh, tzlamin, right? Demus is used for, for non-physical things here, but can be used for physical things. Tavnis, though, can only be used for physical things, okay? For example, the physical structure of the Mishkan, or when he's warning against the Zara, he says, you didn't see any image on the day that Hashem spoke to you uh, on Horeb from the Eish. This is in Devarim 4, 15 through 18. Uh, he says, Lest you make for yourself an image of any semblance, a structure of a male or female. Tavnis kol behema asher bars. Tavnis kol tibar shakana. So Tavnis is a physical thing. Okay. So here's the problem now. 
Okay, so let's look at the Kfira uh, Ra. So the Abdirim says in the Yosef Tevilos, Okay. So just like the Sforno, right? Just like Sforno served it up. Is that it's the rational faculty, the faculty of Chachma, Bina, and Das that God gave us, that gives us Bahira. And through that, you can transform your physical your, your physicality into a, 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 a spiritual essence. Okay. So that is that. Okay. But oh, I'm reading the wrong part. That was even better than the part I was going to read. Okay. So here's as, as the Ewan Tvila. This is. Namely, betzelim demus tavniso, because what that would translate as is who fashioned the man in his form, capital H, that is in the form of likeness of his, capital H, God's physical structure. Okay, that would imply that man's body is created in the physical form of God, and the problem with that is God is not physical. Okay, so it's not that that it must mean that, but we want to avoid giving that meaning. Okay, so most. So the Abudir thinks we're going to be okay if he just explains this to us. Okay. So that's, that is the, uh, that's the wrong reading. Okay. So really the Tavniso has to be man's physical structure. Okay. So, but now the question is, what does the rest of the Bracha mean? Okay. So I knew going into this whole thing that Yeshiva's Minhag is as follows. Asher Yatar Asadam B'Tzamo B'Tzalun Demus Tavniso. Okay. Pause between Selimdemus and Tavnis. So that accomplishes one thing. Two, it accomplishes two things and then creates a problem. It accomplishes the separation of Tavnis from Selimdemus, right? If you take a breath, then you know it's not the same, same thing, right? So then you could recognize Tavnis is, is not talking about the Tavnis of God and Selimdemus is something else, okay? And it also has the advantage of pairing Selimdemus, just like in the Pasuk, which is referring to the non-physical component of man. The problem is how do you read the sentence? Who fashioned the man in his form, in the form of likeness, his physical structure. Like, it's like a standalone, like, sentence with, you know. Where is the semicolon? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, semicolon is not even going to help you there, right? Yeah. It's just like it's a sentence fragment. You get a green squiggly, right? Yeah. Um, and he established for him an everlasting building. So I could not understand Yeshiva's Minhag, okay? So pause that. So then I found in the Abu Dhiram, the way he says to read it is like this. He says, um, this goes back to Adam, okay, meaning uh, Tavnis is Tavnis Shel Adam. Sar Oso Bitsamo, God formed the, 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 sorry, I just skipped a line. Rosalomer Demus, sorry, Shav El Adam, Rosalomer Demus Tavniso, the Demus of his Tavnis, the likeness of his physical form, Shutsuras Gufo, which is the form of his body. Sar Oso Bitsamo, he formed him in his 
in his Telem, Shuturas and Nefesh, which is the Surah of the Nefesh. I'll explain this in a second. All of this is to push away the evil kfira that many people have erred in. Sha'amru, that they said, that when the puzzle says Tzalmo, that God, that, or Baraka says Tzalmo, that man was created in God's form, that that's talking about the physical form of man. Okay, so you see, though, that he says, so he's joining the two together. So what does this mean? So I think you need to read uh, this in terms of um, Rashi, okay? Rashi on Breshis says, okay, you're going to laugh at this. Me? Yeah, you. Okay. Uh, so what does Rashi explain? Dumus? Dumus is Dufus. <laughs> okay. Dufus is... <laughs> so Dufus, we usually use Dufus as the printed editions of the Ram. Dufus literally means like a template or a mold or a stencil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I was actually struggling to not use the word mold because I don't want to conjure up like mold. So, um, so, so what, so I don't exactly know what Rashi learns it as, but he holds that God is referring to the thing that God used to make man's body. Okay. Like, just like if you are stamping out, like with a printing press, you use a, a template, or if you have like a mold that you're doing, you know, you know, uh, sculpting something in, pouring like wax or whatever in, then you use that. So God used the demus. So what does this mean though, practically? So this is what I suggested one possibility would be for us to do, which is to put the pause between Selim and demus tavniso. So you say, I'll you, demus tavniso. So what that would do is it would say, who fashioned man in his form, Suited to man's selim is the template used to make his bodily form. And he established from him an everlasting building. Now, what does that mean? So what that would mean is as follows. The first clause of the bracha of Asher Yatzar is saying God created man with a non-physical, rational, eternal soul. That's Telemokim. The second clause is saying that God created man's body in a manner that is ideally suitable for a non-physical selim. For example, in order to have a homo sapiens mind, you need to have a certain cranial capacity. You have to have certain brain function. You seemingly somehow walking upright was necessary evolutionarily. So what it's saying is it's saying God created man with a telemilkim, a non-physical rational soul. He also created for him a body that is suited to the telemilkim. So bitselen suited to the telem, demus tamiso is the physical structure of his body. Okay. And that is according to the abudiram and it's using this little pause trick. Okay, that, that we do in Yeshiva. Okay, so I, I ran that by replacing and I said that that's also fine. Okay, but then I saw Sadigon. Sadigon adds one letter and solves all the problems. Okay, so what does that do? So what it does is it allows you to qualify the first two clauses with the verb Yatsar, who fashioned man in his form, in God's form, right? And in brackets, fashioned, Man's physical structure suited to non-physical tzalem demus. So it allows you to do two things. It allows you to say yatsar relates to tavnis. And it also allows you to keep the idea of tzalem demus both referring to the non-physical part of man. That God created the man b'tzalmo and he created the physical body with, that's suited for the tzalem demus. Okay. Um, so um, so that is uh, that that works out really well. Okay. So I asked for Pesach. Uh, if I said, you know, there's the side going, like, could I, could I, could I, could I say this when I, when I make bracha? I said, personally, I wouldn't, which is Rupesach's way of saying don't. <laughs> okay. Right. So then I, I saw Rebbe at the wedding 
And I went up to Rebbe and I, I said, I want to understand the Yeshiva's Minhag. Uh, and then I said, first of all, is the Yeshiva's Minhag that we paused between Selma de Mus and then Tavnis? And he said, yes. And I said, I saw that Sadigon puts a Vav, Ubit Selma de Mus, Tavnis, And even before I finished explaining it, Rebbe said, that has to be the right, the right one. Yeah. And he said, and he said, someone told him that the Rav had that, the, had that Minhag, but he said he wasn't sure about that. And I said, can I say it? Like that, and the said no, right? Because we don't change the minhag, right? Um, and so, um, so then I asked him to explain the minhag, you know. So he, that's when he brought in Rashi's thing of the demus, and he said that what you're doing is demus tavniso. So who fashioned the man in his form in a tselem template? So I'm translating demus's template, right? In a tselem template, he fashioned man's body. Okay, and he established for him an everlasting uh, building. So it is still, it's very similar to the Abu Dhirams. I, I still think that the Abu Dhirams way flows smoother. And the reason why this is not changing the Minhag is you're not actually changing the Nusach of the Bracha, right? And um, uh, so um, so you're just clarifying it by the way you intone it, you know, that that God was Yotar two things. He was Yotar Adam Samo, and he was Yotar, his Tavis, so that's the justification for the yeshiva's minhag and also going on record that in the case anyone thinks that we just like change minhag and willy-nilly we don't <laughs> okay even if there's a clear raw uh, involved uh, possibility involved yeah ah. yeah so that's that's so the uh the like a thing that said the explanation of that right you hear it like it was like peeking out from off the page a little farther down down here huh? what where was it this thing here? Oh, that. Yeah, yeah, that was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to put the date for my own notes so that I can say. So, so just because it's the the moose talking, so? Yeah, that's, that's the issue. Yeah, yeah, but Rapesa did say that if you said Batelum, the moose talking, so that would also be good. But the, 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 the difference is, see, the real difference is, do you hold that the moose is Rashi's idea, which is referring to man's physical body and how it was made? Or do you hold by like Avram ben Ramam's idea or Sforno where Selim Demus is referring to the non-physical part? So our minhag reflects the idea that Selim Demus is referring to the non-physical part. And that's the advantage of our, our minhag. Yeah. Whew. Okay. So that's the, that's the crash course. Yeah. And again, this is the type of thing where like it enhances the wedding so much. If you review these ideas before you go to the wedding, there's so much downtime. So the way this started was, my practice where every, every wedding I would go to is, you know, who you sit next to during the chuppah is like a key thing. So I'd always choose someone to sit next to who I could go over and work on these ideas with and then discuss it. And it would be a review for me and like a further development. And then you get to experience the, uh, the, the wedding with the, uh, through the, through the lenses of the ideas. Can, so you, can nice. you just summarize the six brachas? Like that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's a good idea. So, um, so, the Shakobar al is on the gathering of the people who are there for the Gemilus Chesed for the Chasen and Kala. And to remind you, to remind everyone that the purpose of the world of the earth is Pruravu to produce Selim Elohims that can recognize the Kabot Hashem. Okay. Um, the next bracha of Yotar Adam is talking about the creation of man. Uh, and the only reason we say that is because we want to get to the fourth bracha which is the creation of Adam and Chava, which is the first couple and the paradigmatic couple, which was two Tzalem that are Ezer connected to each other, right? And that's the model for all generations. That's the Binyan Ad-e-ad. Okay, that, with that, 
we segue into the talking about this couple. But before we talk about this present simcha, those were like thematic brachos about marriage. This is now about the present simcha. So before we talk about the simcha, we say, and we remember Yushalayim. Okay, then we talk about this couple and this uh, sixth bracha is a bakasha for success and happiness for this couple. But it should be happiness that is based on principles of Tel Melokim. Okay, um, and uh, and living a you know a, 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 a having a relationship built on Telemokim, Ram's highest level of friendship in Pirkei Avos one six, and then the final bracha is on the simcha of the entire wedding and a yearning for and it's a hoda for that and also yearning and asking God for the simcha of the complete Am Yisrael in you know uh, and the rebuilding of Yerushalayim when we'll have like oh Yishamavari Yehuda etc. Uh, all this joy, yeah. Why is the fifth bracha there, not like at the end of the start? Like, why is it in the middle? So, it, so it's, that's the thing I'm trying to say. It's not in the middle. It's before the brachos about this marriage, because imlo ale es yishlaim moroshim is that you 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 can't let your simcha take precedence over yishlaim. You have to make uh, yishlaim um, before your 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 greatest simcha. I just, I mean, this might be outside the scope of what you did. Why do we do? Like the cup and all that at the end. So uh, what I what I, I, I I did a bunch of other like uh like uh, detective work to see if anyone has the minhag to break the glass at bracha number five. And if if we're going to change things, that would be a nice place to break it. But um probably the reason why we do it is because that's right before they go into the uh, into yichud. Well, also like the insofar as like the to my knowledge the source for breaking the glass yeah was like in the midst of the wedding like there's like i think at Amor, I was making oh, yeah. for, his, for his son and he noticed people were getting too happy because these really expensive glasses <laughs> that would be <laughs> epic and then, yeah and then everyone like quieted down and like, yeah battle somber for a bit. Uh, and it happened again and he uh, another cool one. i never knew that was the origin yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. It's, 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 i forget where the glory yeah. is but like, yeah that's like a yeah that I've been told yeah like, i was literally just doing it oh that Sorry, one, one last thing, just to plug a uh, thing. I, I mentioned this to, to you and Yeshua. Um, Rabbi Maruf, who, again, is one of the best writers in Yeshiva, wrote this pamphlet, 26-page pamphlet called Shoshanas Yaakov, A Guide to the Jewish Wedding and Laws of Family Purity in Light of the Fundamentals of Jewish Thought. It's a walkthrough in simple English of all the halachos with all the philosophical concepts explained. Okay, so it is very good, like, if you're, you know, I'm, it's good for you to read also, but, like, you never know if, if the girl you're marrying has like resistance to the laws of like Nida or whatever, you know, this would be a good thing to go over uh, because it's what the philosophical values are underlying those things. And because it's Ryan Roof, it is holistically accurate and beautiful in terms of like its explanation. And I actually, I wanted to read it before Yeshua and Brooke's wedding, but then I realized like, I don't want it to taint my, uh, my own learning of the sugya with him. So I haven't gone back and read it yet, but uh, I read it a long time ago, but uh, yeah. So just that's the, the ending, ending commercial there. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming. Thank I'm glad we did this. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in 
enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewash at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.